0: From Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. You may realize that a stroke is a medical emergency and that rapid treatment is important, but what if you're not physically near a comprehensive stroke center when stroke symptoms appear? With me in the HealthLink on Air studio, are Liz Kessler, she's a nurse and the stroke outreach coordinator, and Dr. Hesham Masood, he's a stroke neurologist from Upstate's Comprehensive Stroke Center, and he's gonna tell us about the telemedicine program. Welcome back to HealthLink On Air, Dr. Masood. Nice. Thank you. Now, let's start with, uh, by reminding listeners of the primary warning signs of stroke, just to refresh memories.
1: Yeah, so I think um, that acronym is very useful. Um, I'm sure people have heard of it by now, FAST, FACE, ARM speech, and then time uh, is T, time to call 911. There are variations of that that can include um, you know the letters B and E, so B fast in case you know the balance goes out suddenly or you have eye problems. Um, Sometimes we'll also add on E and D at the end, so fast ED, so if you have eye deviation or sudden denial of half of your body, which is something called neglect, Uh, these are all um, you know, some of the major signs of stroke, and uh, those are the acronyms.
0: Now, Upstate's Comprehensive Stroke Center is here in Syracuse. So what happens when someone has stroke symptoms and calls 911 from Utica or Watertown or some outlying community that's hours from here?
1: Well, it really depends on the model of regional care. So uh, here in in, in central New York, that uh, kind of hospital would initiate, if they were part of our network of... uh, telemedicine that we deliver called telestroke, then they would initiate that consultation with us, uh, establishing a remote video teleconferencing connection. Uh, If they were not part of that, then what they would typically do is uh, that emergency, that local emergency room that's receiving that potential stroke patient would call us uh, or call a regional comprehensive stroke center uh, to discuss the care.
0: How many hospitals are part of the network?
1: So as it stands right now, I think we have 10 centers
0: mm-hmm. uh, that are active. Okay. So are there areas right now in, in central New York from the Canadian border down to Pennsylvania that wouldn't have access to specialized stroke care if not for the telemedicine program?
1: Uh, certainly. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, the, the big uh, piece of uh, telestroke is to provide subspecialty care to you know, poorly served areas and, uh, in sparsely populated areas like the North country, um, that's, that's the case.
0: So typically a small rural hospital, what are they, uh, able to offer in terms of stroke care for someone who comes in there?
1: So, um, they're obviously, uh, able to initiate emergency care and check on breathing and circulation and make sure the vitals are okay, which is critical. Uh, they'll be able to, um, uh, Get a CAT scan, which would exclude um, what a certain type of, of 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 a stroke that would warrant a, a different type of care. So, if a bleed would be managed differently, uh, and local hospitals are also uh, able to administer the clot busting drug um, uh, as well. So, it's uh, it's uh, vitally important that patients go to their closest uh, emergency room just to get the start of emergency care because strokes can evolve. Uh, and you don't want it to evolve while you're en route.
0: And to get just the diagnosis of whether it is a stroke, right? Oh,
1: certainly, certainly.
0: Okay. Well, tell us how the telemedicine program works in actuality. Is there a physician yourself or someone, one of your colleagues, available 24-7?
1: Yeah. So um, in the way that we have our telestroke network set up is that we have our Upstate downtown stroke physicians who are covering the inpatient service uh, are also covering transfers. And so that includes consultations through our telestroke network. That physician is on call 24 hours a day, um, seven days a week for a period of one week at a time. And so we have providers that will, uh, you know sign out the service to each other after the rotation. So it's almost like a one week shift if you if you want to think about it that way and it it encompasses the telestroke now how
0: how is it different from a phone call between the physician
1: yeah so uh telestroke is uh different in that it has the benefit of the additional video connection so you're able uh remotely as a stroke specialist with obviously those uh, with that expertise to to lay eyes on the patient and uh and assist with the neurologic exam which can you know be very helpful uh, in uh, especially in cases where it's not very clear what is going on. Um, The uh, telestroke physician is also able to review the labs with the ED physician. They're able to uh, look at the images remotely so you also get expertise in interpretation of the imaging and then you get a stroke Directed early management plan uh, from a specialist, and that's essentially what the TeleStroke initiative, uh, just in, as far as um, as far as it goes, uh, is hoping to achieve, which is to give you uh, stroke expertise, you know, remotely, uh, and so you don't have to worry about transport in a in a process which we know the uh, the brain dies very quickly, so time is is uh, really of the essence.
0: And can the patient see you from the hospital bed? Yeah, it's a
1: two-way connection. Um, uh, And Liz will talk to us about um, uh, the the physical rig that we have. But essentially, it's like having a FaceTime with a patient. um, And that connection is also integrated with the electronic health record, and our software that we use to interpret imaging to look at pictures and so it has those things and obviously it has to be protected software and so there are some uh it's a little bit more complex than that but that's essentially what it is is a you know FaceTime with the ability to look at pictures and write notes
0: okay well liz um what's involved in setting up participation with a with a rural hospital
2: um so we have a lot of um great relationships with a lot of our outside hospitals to ensure that we can provide our, you know, neurology services in rural areas so that all of our community can have the similar services and get treatment quickly. Um, So we have a lot of communication with these outside hospitals and we talk with them about what their hopes are for their area. Um, We explain to them what we offer and that's usually, you know, when they're jumping on board and want to join our telemedicine um, services so when that happens when they want to be involved um, there's always the legal work but we uh, deploy a cart to them which is set up by our IT folks and it's through our server it's all protected um, so it's HIPAA compliant Um, so we deploy a cart to them which is All it is is a monitor. There's no computer to it. It can't do anything else other than telemedicine um, and a very fancy camera. Um, We also make sure that we um, are able to push all of the images so when they get that CT scan, they push the images so our physicians can see. Um, And then we go up every year, at least once a year, and make sure to do follow-up education with them, train them on the cart um, on the process of using telemedicine and when to call. Can you tell me about the educational component to this? Yes, um, so every, ca- every telestroke case that we do, I always look at, I go through, if there's any issues or complications, I provide immediate feedback to the sites. Um, but one thing as a group within our stroke team that we do is we provide on-site education. Um, this past June, we actually took, we called it a North Country tour. We went and saw five of our hospitals in the North Country. We spent half a day at each hospital and did hands-on training. So we went through scenarios. Um, They were able to hands-on the cart. We had some of our physicians actually call in and give them some tips and tricks. But at least once a year, hopefully twice um, remotely, we do hands-on education with their staff. Um, So they feel more comfortable. They can ask questions, anything they're not sure about. We are there to help them and answer questions.
0: This is Upstate's HealthLink on air. I'm your host Amber Smith, and I'm talking with Upstate stroke neurologist Dr. Hesham Masood and stroke outreach coordinator Nurse Liz Kiesler. So, with the values of a program like this where you're providing immediate access to stroke experts and prompt evaluation and accurate diagnosis of stroke and timely clot-busting treatment and streamlined access all of that, do we have data yet? On the outcomes of stroke in Central New York, is this making a difference in um, people's lives?
1: Yeah, so you know, I think uh, it 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 certainly it certainly is. But uh, to to kind of start with the the broader um, view of what TeleStroke was hoping to address, sort of nationally. So that the term TeleStroke was sort of coined in 1999. So pretty you know, relatively recently. Um, and it was just in an editorial, and the idea was was that there are these early experiences with this clot busting drug where they found that maybe complicate well one rates of delivery were not high, so only three to five percent of patients who qualified were actually getting it. They found that one of the big reasons for that was lack of local sp- stroke expertise at you know rural centers um they also found that you know early on there may have been higher complication rates when the tpa was administered by someone who was not a stroke specialist so then the idea was okay how do we get our stroke specialists there and then harnessing technology to that end um and so there's that benefit is just having um you know patients go to the emergency room where the ed doctor uh, can you know tap into uh, the resource of a very knowledgeable obviously stroke expert and so patients who are on the fence about tpa in terms of their clinical uh, necessity for it or they have some complexity to their care things like that those are the people on the individual level that are seeing a huge benefit telestroke obviously is not going to be uh, a, a measured uh, in terms of a huge uh, impact in you know, big academic centers because obviously the expertise uh, are, are uh, local. Um, there are different models of telestroke um, and the most common model is the one that we have, which is the, the hub and spoke model. So you have these tiny little regional centers, which are community hospitals that may or may not have a limited stroke designation. And then you have your regional academic comprehensive stroke center. That's what most uh, places are like and that's you know, with our group covering essentially everybody remotely. Another model that you actually do see some of the hospitals in Syracuse have um, to, to, uh, to a very limited degree um, and, and other places in the country is a distributed model where it is a private uh, physician group uh, that is not necessarily located in the state that will, pro- will provide this remote uh, stroke expertise. And so you sort of uh, pay a subscription fee. When you have that model, the quality improvement uh, is usually, or quality um, measurement and, and, uh, and making sure that target times and you know things are, are progressing, as one should when you're dealing with stroke therapies, is typically on the side of the local hospital. In the hub-and-spoke model, it's the academic hospital that sort of takes that under their broader quality improvement. So there, there are little differences uh, there, but you sort of see that. Mixed model in lots of places in the country.
0: How how often do, is there a patient from the outlying area that is transferred into Upstate with a stroke? Is that yeah.
1: so? Um, we have some good numbers I can refer to. So um, so for instance, for all of two thousand and eighteen, we had maybe forty six transfers out of a total of seventy two consultations, mm-hmm. with twenty percent of all the patients getting uh, TPA. Um, Year-to-date, uh, we, we, it looks like we're going to surpass that number. Um, total right now, we have up to 69 uh, total patients transferring 45 of them, and already our TPA rate is, is uh, close to 30%. Um, one other thing I should mention about uh, telestroke that has a huge advantage to the patient is the rapid uh, triage uh, to, the, to, the, to the center that can do clot retrieval. So a patient who has a stroke of uh, of a certain variety that's uh, you know a clot that's manifesting uh, with a large clinical deficit will need more than just the clot busting drug and obviously that surgeon is not uh, or interventionalist is not uh, present at the local hospital at, uh, or we don't have remote expertise uh, yet but uh, that person needs to come and so the telestroke certainly facilitates that
0: and you know in advance that that person is in route and is going to need yeah. your services. And we know that in,
1: in stroke care, pre-notification has an incredible impact on our delivery times for, for care.
0: Well, looking ahead, do you foresee ways of doing even more in terms of stroke care with telemedicine?
1: Yeah, I think one of the big things that we're figuring out now um, is how to uh, standardize the model of telestroke uh, and standardize the credentialing process, uh, the reimbursement process. Some of these things are obstacles, or the payment models and how things are reimbursed. And I think uh, in the next, uh, you know, uh, period of time, I think we're going to see that get sort of hashed out. Um, future directions are also going to be, you know, if we can give the clot busting medication remotely through this consultation, uh, then maybe we can try to do some more advanced stuff remotely. Um, and that's just a matter of the technology catching up in terms of devices that maybe can be controlled remotely so that we can do the clot retrieval uh, also uh, remotely. Um, so I think those are uh, some some exciting uh, things to look forward to.
0: Neat. Well, thank you both very much for being here and explaining this. My guests have been Upstate Stroke Neurologist Dr. Hesham Massoud and Stroke Outreach Coordinator Nurse Liz Kiesler. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and talk show HealthLink on Air.